So Rich and I are going to um, preach together. We like to do that. That's really fun. So you'll get, if anybody ever been to family over in Sacramento area? Yeah. Woohoo! Well, we have a we have a blast there, and it's been an incredible journey since 1996 when God showed up in our church and just turned everything upside down. It was in the midst of what was going on in Pensacola, but God just kind of showed up in our church. We didn't know anything about anything, and uh, there was God, and He really, you know, He blew apart the box that we had Him in and said, "Here I am." And and really, for the next couple years, we run around and said. What have we been doing? I don't think it was very important. <laughs> and Lord, teach us um, what's important to you. And uh, it was in a day um, with uh, Bill and Benny Johnson and Dave and Deborah Crone, good friends, and we just kind of journeyed together discovering this kingdom life that God has invited us on the greatest adventure we could ever have. And isn't it awesome? I love it. I love the adventure. I, I love hanging out with God. Our last years have, you know, we've gone through all the stuff just like you have, you know, the good stuff and the stuff that makes you just go, ah, you know, and, uh, and um, you want to duck and run or do all those things, but here's God in the midst of it, and he is so fantastic. He is, uh, and he is with us always. He's with us when we can't seem to find him, and we find him hiding behind the couch, you know, <laughs> Anybody seen that T-shirt? It's a great T-shirt. It's that one of those David and Goliath stores. Have you ever seen David and Goliath? I think they have one in San Francisco. It's a great T-shirt. It's this T-shirt. It says, I found Jesus. And here's this little couch with a little, you know, cartoon thing. He was hiding behind the couch. It's good. And I really do think sometimes Jesus is just hiding behind the couch in our own house. Plain sight. But um, And when he's just there and we're on the floor or just lost in his presence, and he's there all the time, and he's drawing us and saying, come on, come away with me. Let's go out to the vineyard. Let's go out. Let's come and enjoy this adventure. I'm not sending you out. I want to run with you and have you run with me and enjoy this incredible life we have and seeing my kingdom advance and lives and nations and people and and governments and world transformed by the power of our beloved Jesus. And what a life we get to live. So so uh, Rich and I really have a word that we want to share with you tonight. And it really came about in January of this year because the Lord, and I'm not going to take time to go over everything, but the Lord gave me a very strong prophetic word for this year and this season, this decade. And... I believe that it is a word to the church that we need to know that this is the season, this is the time of the miraculous, that we've entered into a shift in this year, in 2010, into a decade of what God can do, that this year we are going to see miracles upon miracles upon miracles. We're going to see answers to prayer come cascading and flooding into our reality. Answers to prayer that we've been waiting on for years are all of a sudden, one after another, going to come, and it's going to be by the sovereign hand of God. Truly, it is that tipping point where the prayers of the saints have come and are beginning to be poured out. The answers to those prayers is, this is the time. It's the miraculous of God, a miracle. That's something you can't do. Only God can. 
Only God can. I believe in doctors. I think it's great. I believe in, you know, I take medicine for a couple different things. I think that's great. But only God can heal. And he heals bodies. He heals restorations. He brings peace into places where there's been a brokenness. uh, And he he mends that rift. I think that we're going to see over-the-top restorations, delivered, healed, and and equipped, not just a bare-bones recovery, but true transformation in lives, in schools, in neighborhoods. Boy, some of you, you've got neighborhoods, and God's put it on your heart, and you prayer walk around that neighborhood and declare that, that the, scu- you know, the scuzzies and the prostitutes and the yuck that are around in your neighborhood, that God's going to get them saved. And you, you've been walking and faithfully believing God for a transformation. You're going to see that because this is a season of the miraculous of God. It's God's time. Our successes in the past are going to pale compared to the greatness of what he is going to do now. And while I believe that we are going to partner with him on many, many things, I believe that there are going to be many things that we are going to see along with the whole world that are sovereign act of our God, of miracle after miracle after miracle. I believe that it's very important for us, his beloved church, to have our eyes open so as we see the small beginnings and the small things that we have thankful hearts and give thanks and honor to the Lord for what he's doing. He's looking for a people who will see, who will see what he's doing because it is happening now and we're going to see one thing after another. I believe that we're going to be overwhelmed with the goodness of God and the righteousness of God, that there are going to be many things that are going to see God setting things right. The day of judgment of our God, and many times his justice, is setting it right. It's not necessarily punishment. Quite often it is setting things right. And so we are going to see him set things right in our communities, in our governments, in our workplaces, in our schools, and we need to stand for that and Every gate that there is, we're going to see God's hand. And we are going to have the opportunity to partner with it. Much of it is going to be dreaming and believing. Dreaming and believing. Some of us, it's time to have take those big risks of faith to believe for the impossible because this is God's time. Really is God's time. So that's what we're going to share about. We're going to talk tonight about faith that experiences miracles. Because how are we going to experience miracles if we don't believe for them? And I do believe there are times God sovereignly does miracles just because he loves us. But he's looking for people who will look for him. God, I expect you to do the miraculous. I expect you to do have the suddenlies of God. I expect those checks in the mail. I expect those things that uh, my kids to get restored, marriages. I expect it, God, because you're a God of miracles. You do things that we can't do. You're the God of the always possible. And so how do we begin to move into that? How do we live? What does a believing believer look like? What's it look like? If it's our turn now, yeah. So what do we do? And I think, first of all, it starts at the really beginning. And some of the songs tonight, when they talked about trusting the Lord, I thought, oh, that is so right on. Because, you see, we have to believe God. And it comes out of our trust relationship with him. Do I believe what you say, Lord? Lord. 
If you say it in your word, do I believe it? Those prophetic words that I've gotten, that I've tucked away in my binder, tucked away in my Bible, tucked away in my heart, do I believe that they are going to come to pass? Because you said it. What's our believing like? Hebrews 11.6, such a powerful verse. I'm really a person of the word. I grab the word. I war with the word. I stand on the word. It's the sure thing. And we can stand on it. But Hebrews 11.6 says, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Talk about being God pleasers. It's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists. And that's not just a, hmm, here's God. That's like a God and all of who he is. We must believe God, who he is, and that he does what? He rewards. God is a rewarder. He's a good God. Those who sincerely, who diligently seek him. And we must know who he is. What do you believe about God? That's why it's important to get in the word. That's why it's important to take that word and eat it. Yeah, to eat it, to let it just meditate on it and hang out. You don't have to do the whole performance thing of one chapter a day or two verses every other week or whatever it is that you grew up with. You need to find that passage of scripture that God begins to breathe. And then you just hang there. I don't care if you hang there for six months. If he's breathing on that word, you can get back in there and you read it and then you find something else that goes with it and it's just enlivened in your spirit and you know him more and more and more through that word and it becomes a part of you. It's real. He can do anything. He's all-knowing. He is all-powerful. He has all resources available to him and he's generous he's generous he loves to give rich has a whole teaching he does on the fact that the opposite of poverty is not wealth or prosperity the opposite of poverty is generosity god is generous he is generous he's good always he loves us without limit without limit wow And he's made a way for us to partner with him in the greatest adventure that we could ever have. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Man, whew. Second thing, if we're going to be those believing believers that experience the miracles of God, we need to be hungry seekers. I told your pastor, boy, when I came in here, it was so awesome. The expectation... The hunger, the desire to meet with God was just tangible. There's nothing that draws the presence of God like hungry seekers. It's like, Jesus, I just want to be with you. We get to live in that very unique place of being so fully satisfied and so desperately hungry for more. Isn't it amazing? How can it be? But it is. It's like, Lord, the more I have of you, the more I want of you. I'm so fully satisfied. I feel so loved and cherished, and yet I, wanna, I want more. I want to know who you are, God, in every aspect. I want to know your healing. I want to know your heart for people when you see them touched. I want to know your heart. What do you think about governments, God? How, what do you think about the governor and the... What do you think about the election? What, what's on your heart about this, Lord? What do you think about this community? What about that neighbor down the street? What's on your heart? God, I want to know you, and I want to know what's on your heart. I want to know how you do stuff. How do you do it? What's your way of doing things? Oh, giving? Oh, 
Did you see my bank account? <laughs> you know? But how do you do it, God? I'm a hungry seeker. I want to spend time with him, but I want to spend time with him more than just spending time with him. I want to spend time with him to live and move and have my being with who he is. How do you live life? Be a hungry seeker. Jeremiah 29, 13, if you seek me and find me, you will find me when you search me with all your heart. Matthew 7, 7 and 8. Yeah, knock. Keep on knocking. Ask. Keep on asking. Seek. Keep on seeking. Why? Those are the ones that get the answers. God's looking for hungry hearts. He's looking for people who are looking for him. He is. He is. And he answers those hearts. What's your hunger level? What's your hunger level? David stirred himself up. Stir yourself up. Put you in a place that whatever it is that that stokes your fire with Jesus. I don't care if it's worship music, if it's prayer time, if it's reading the word, if it's just hanging out on the floor, whatever it is, press in through that doorway first. And if it's been a while since you've gotten, yeah, since you've been overwhelmed with the goodness of God, then you need to go back to that first doorway that you went in, that drew you into his presence, and press in there. Be a hungry seeker. Search after him. Stir it up. Be passionate for him and the things he's passionate for. Yeah. Number three, see the unseen. Ooh, that's a good thing. I love the prophetic. I love the eternal. I love to look into the things that aren't here that are really here. Yeah. There is a reality outside of uh, this podium and this carpet and this room. There is an eternal, supernatural reality. And it's time for us to begin to have our eyes on Jesus. That's what Hebrew says. And, and see what he sees. Second Corinthians 4.18, powerful verse. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. I've been hanging out at this verse for a while now. <laughs> Rather, we fix our gaze... We stare intently on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we can't see will last forever. What do your eyes of faith see? Faith sees into the eternal. Faith sees beyond the obstacles into the realm of possibilities, and it begins to declare it and pull it into the now. That's what the prophetic does, should do. It sees it and it pulls it into the now. It sees gifts in people, and I, I love, I say I love the prophetic. I love to see that what God's doing and pull it. But we need to do that in our circumstances. Can you see what God is doing in the midst of your yuck? 
Can you begin to see beyond that, beyond the trash heap in front of you? Can you see the redemptive part and pull it forward into now and say, I see this is what God is doing. He has good eternal purposes, and I'm calling that into the present. I'm believing for that. Faith believes. It can visualize God's miracle. Can you visualize your family saved? Can you visualize that friend with cancer healed? Can you see God's restoration, his provision? His working to see your dreams fulfilled. Faith sees God. Four, and I know this uh, this one's in this house, but that is that declaring word of what, not just what God has done, but what he is going to do. There is such power in the declaring word of God. Psalm 145 is all throughout it. I will meditate on your majestic glorious splendor and your wonderful miracles your awe-inspiring deeds will be on my tongue all throughout what's your conversation like i mean it's great to declare it when you're here in the house of god with a bunch of believers but what's it like when you get home or you're dealing with issues do you declare the testimonies of what god has done his faithfulness that testimony that's a prophetic declaration that releases the power of god into your now that testimony, maybe somebody else's testimony, but that testimony, if that's what it said. The spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. And you declare a testimony of Jesus, and you begin to bring, you are prophetically declaring God's reality into your situation. That's why we need to declare. We need to declare his purposes. We need to testify. We need to share the good things that God has done. We need to grab hold of what he did in somebody else's life and release it into ours. Declare what he has done. It's so important. Nothing builds faith like declaring who God is and what he's done. You see, when we declare who God is, He is good. He is faithful. He is kind. He is all-powerful. He is the resource. He holds it all together in his hand. When we do that, it magnifies God. You know what magnification does? It puts the focus on something so that you can see every minute detail. We need to magnify the Lord and who he is. It builds our faith. Faith declares in both word and deed. Faith experiences miracles. Number five, to expect God. Expect God. How's your expector doing? Do you believe it? Do you expect it? Are you, have you put things in order in your life so that if the miracle came tomorrow, you'd be ready for it? Have you lined things up ready for his miracle? We do have to be fluid and we do have to be flexible. We hand, have things loosely in our hand, but we still position ourselves for his miracle. That's what Zacchaeus did. Climbed up the tree, ready to meet Jesus. What about you? I love Romans 4, and this, if you take notes or anything, I encourage you. It's one of my most favorite passages of Scripture. You find I say that a lot. But um, because it deals with Abraham, and I love Abraham. He's such a real God, and if you look at it in the natural, everything said no. But Abraham had a revelation that carried him not just to father his son Isaac, but to give his son up. Because he believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. And he believed that God could work in his own body and bring dead things back to life. And he believed that if he gave up his son, 
that God could bring his son back to life. It was a lifelong faith that expected God to meet. It says in uh, Romans 4, 21, he was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. That's how I want to live. Fully persuaded. It says Abraham's faith was not just for him, but for us also. And God counts it as righteousness. Right standing before him. That's how I want to live. We need to expect God. A miracle. Something you can't do. A miracle that's a God possible. We need to tough thing about this is, if we're going to have this season of miracles, this decade of the miraculous of God, and I discovered this in January, I declared this, and that was before we knew we were leaving the property, and that we needed to have a building, and we needed to have a whole lot of money, and all kinds of different things. None of it was happening. We had um, one person in our church that had cancer that we'd been praying for. And all of a sudden, within about two months, we had five people in our church with cancer, like need the miracle kind, not that just go and get the chemo kind, like the chemo isn't working kind, and need a miracle kind. And I'll tell you, they're all doing amazing. They're doing so well, and we're looking for the complete miracle. But all these things were going on. I thought, God, what's going on? This is your season of miracles. And the Lord said, well, don't you know that if there's going to be a season of miracles, that you need to be in a place where you need one. And so if you were beginning to ask God for miracles, know this. You're going to be allowed to be in situations that will stretch your faith to believe the, for the miraculous God. Because people need to see how big our God is. So the deal is, I guess, if you're going to be a, an overcomer, <laughs> you got to have something to overcome. I think that's a bummer. I mean, wouldn't it be great if God was just the great mush God? Just, uh, it's just all right. No, no problem. I'll make you an overcomer here. Lay in this soft bed, and I'll just bring you good stuff. And kind of like the Disneyland experience, you know? It's, it's like, wait a minute, God. When I signed up for this, no one mentioned conflict. I thought I just got saved, and then everything was okie dokie. So, if we're going to have this season of miracles, how many want a season of miracles? You gotta think about it now. <laughs> I mean, don't be just signing up for anything. It's like, how many want an adventure? Yeah, really. All right. Because if we're gonna have these things, there's some things we can expect. One thing we can expect. I like this one a lot. Angelic visitations. How many want that? Do you know how weird that can be? You want to share about my, my one angel experience you? Actually, I mean, I'm always asleep when this stuff yeah. happens, and I'm just talking, and Lindy's writing, and she's yeah, taking. Actually, I have not. I mean, I believe in angels, and I know that there, I've definitely been aware of angelic presence. 
But Rich, on the I'm other an hand, angel. Yeah, he is an angel. But I'm married. I think it's really funny that God would have somebody like Rich, this really John Wayne kind of guy, that would see angels, you know, because it just doesn't fit. You know, usually people that see angels we envision are like, you know, foo-foo people. Yeah. And, um, and Rich, you're definitely not foo-foo. <laughs> anyway, so he has, uh, he's, um, he has gone many places while laying in bed next to me, just with God. It's been quite a unique thing, and he prophesies and sees things and stuff. And I remember uh, one year, and I, I wake up, and I'm very aware that the presence of God is in the room, and um, uh, he, he began to prophesy about um, these uh, creepy crawly things that were eating up the plants remember that. And then butterflies with teeth that were eating up the creepy crawly things. Now that one I knew. I got that one down. I knew what that one meant. You know, because butterflies, you know, were transformed people eating up the, you know, aphids or whatever it was that were eating up the plants. So that was good. But then all of a sudden he looks out over the end of the bed and he goes, oh, and there's an angel over there. Looking, <laughs> looking. I don't see anything. It's dark, you know. And um, yeah, it's an angel over there. And um, it's got a beer can in one hand and a fly swatter in the other. <laughs> and I was like, clueless. Well, we actually had Stacy Campbell. Do you know who, who knows who Wes and Stacy Campbell? She was staying at our house. We were doing a conference. And so I woke up in the morning and, and I said, Stacy, we kind of had a God night last night. And, you know, I got the thing about the butterflies with the teeth. That one wasn't hard, but Rich saw this angel, and, and this thing just blew me away. I didn't get it. And uh, said, said um, had a beer can in one hand and fly swatter in the other. And, you know, what, what was that all about? Oh, and she said, oh, that's easy. She said, that was an angel that was battling religious spirits. She said, and uh, he had a fly swatter because Beelzebub is the lord of the flies and uh, had the beer can to um, offend all those religious spirits. And I thought, yeah, that sounds like the one that would hang around Rich a lot. So we've had a few more, but usually afterwards, I have three or four guys come up and ask me what brand of beer, and I'm not telling you. So it's are you ready for angelic visitations? I mean, angels—they're the real deal. You find them, it's amazing how in our evangelical Protestant churches, we remove so much because we're afraid it might be Catholic. I actually think Mary is kind of important to God. I don't know, I'm just thinking. You can't say Mary in our church. Why? That's Catholic. And angels. By the way, I'm not talking about them little weird foo-foo dust angels. Those are pixies. That's a whole different deal, man. That's, I'm talking about angels. I'm talking about godly angels. I'm talking about messengers of God. I'm talking about protection. The many times we had a gal in our church, one of our uh, team, who uh, was on her way home from being out of town and rolled her car, not sideways, but end over end, five times on I-5 from L.A., there was a trucker that was there that happened to witness the whole thing, pulled over to help. 
And uh, he said, he said she was dead. I knew she was dead. When she started to roll her car, she had a Bible in the front seat and her little dog with her. I was so close. Bible was in the back seat. Of it. Anyway, Bible and a dog with her. She gets out of the car with her Bible on one leg, her dog on the other, and not hurt. And she said, all I knew was I had these ministering angels with me. Yeah, she said that she just white was in, was all around her all the way through. I want to tell you, we need to we need to start expecting. What's that? Oh, the trucker. Yeah, the trucker was a backslid Christian, and uh, right there on the spot, he let her lead him back to the Lord, and they stayed in in touch with one another. You know, I think we need to expect angelic visitations. How many of you want one? How many in here have ever had? I'm, I'm not talking about a warm, fuzzy moment. I'm talking about an angelic visitation. How many want one? Let's do it right now. Lord, right now we open ourselves up to the fullness that you have for us. And that is a church that is a blazing fire church. We speak this is a day of angelic visitations. We want to be ready for angelic presence in our homes. Angelic presence in our going and coming. Angelic presence in our ministries. Angelic safety around our children. We release that fullness of the presence of God. And we speak, this is the time for angelic visitation. It's our turn now. And we want everything that God has for us. We ask it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Another thing we can expect, how about this one? How many want a God encounter? I mean, there's so many God encounters. We think about, like, oh, Moses in the burning bush. That was a great encounter. How about Shadrach, Meshach, and the bed we go? That was a, that was a, that was a good God encounter. I don't know. But Acts 4.31, I mean, this is such a powerful scripture. After this prayer, the meeting place shook. I like that. I mean, it's time for some shaking. Bring the shaking on. After this prayer, prayers are not for wimps. You start praying a prayer that starts shaking the whole place. We're talking about some. We're talking about some strong prayers. We're talking about some. We're not talking about pleading. Oh, please, please, God, please, 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 cross my fingers and hope to die. No. We're talking about prophetic prayers. We're talking about proclamations. Lord God, we speak over this region that this is a day for encounters in the things of God. Then we start seeing spiritual shaking taking place in lives. It says there was a shaking and they were filled. They didn't just kind of wimp out in the, well, that was a nice religious service. No, no, they were filled. There was some Holy Spirit moments. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And it says they preached the Word of God with boldness. I want some encounters like that. I mean, you and I need to start expecting God encounters. How many want to see demonstrations of the power of God in your life? 
I mean, I want some healings. I want some signs. I want some wonders, Lord God. Right now, we release that over this fellowship, that this is the day for greater signs. This is the day for greater wonders. This is the day for more healings. We pray it right now. Pray for demonstrations of the glory of God to break out in homes. Encounters with God in the middle of the night. Bunch of you better start keeping something to write on by your bedside. Go start having trances and visions and encounters. Go start wanting to write stuff down. Encounters. How about these? How many want to encounter that reveal the plans of God? I don't want any of that willy-nimby, namby-pamby stuff. I want some real encounters with God. Something that reveals the plans of God and the directions of God and the boldness of God and the breakthrough of God, the bigness of God and the greatness of God for this region. How about some encounters that bring deliverance for neighbors that are bound up, loved ones that are bound up, husbands and wives that are bound up. Lord God, I want some deliverance encounters in my life. I want some deliverance encounters. I want some breakthroughs. How many in this room right now, you need a a definite breakthrough in some area of your life? Stand up. Stand up. This is your moment. Lord God, come on, you proclaim it over yourself. This is my turn now. I get a breakthrough in my life. I get a breakthrough for my finances and a breakthrough for my family, a breakthrough for my health, a breakthrough for my loved ones, a breakthrough for my region, a breakthrough for my church. I declare breakthroughs in my life. It's my turn now. Amen. God bless you. Sit down. Hey, how many of you have seen that guy go commercial with the guy that's the, uh, you know, the former Marine and he's doing the counseling? You seen that? I love that commercial where he says, want to take a trip to Namby Pamby land? Well, I'm going to tell you, for too many church people, coming to church is a trip to Namby Pamby land. I don't want no more Namby Pamby. I want the glory of God in my life. Don't you? I want that. I want the real deal. I don't need no Namby Pamby land in my life. I want something that I can take out and see the the blind eyes open and cancers falling off. And I want to see demons run. Actually, they don't run. They kind of squaggle. They're squagglers. It's a nasty thing. I don't even want to go there. If you're going to have all these things, though, if, you, if this is going to be your turn now, it's your turn now. You're the guys that raised your hands up. I didn't make it. You said, oh, yeah, yeah, I want an encounter. Oh, yeah, yeah, I want it. More, Lord, more, 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 more. Some of you got so much more, it's time to start giving it away, by the way. Like big old sponges that have gone sour. Squeeze that thing out and start over again. Oh, thank you for me. Oh, look at there. Wow. That's too good. Somebody get a picture. Everyone go, aww. Right in the middle of my message, too, I for complete. So in closing, that was foo-foo. That's, no, no, no. Gals fit into a whole different namby-pamby type deal. So it's, it doesn't count. All right. So if you got all of that, here's the third thing. You might, might as well get it down. 
We're going to have a, if it's your turn now, if it's miracle time, there's also going to be enemy harassment. Oh, I can't believe it. First Peter 5, stay alert. Wouldn't it be great just to stop there? I mean, how many of you know it's time for us to get alert? Stay alert! Watch out for the enemy, the devil, who prowls around like what? Like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him. I want to speak this into you this evening. It's stand firm time. Stand firm time. Um, The moment you said, it's my turn now. A big old target was painted on your back. And the enemy, it ticks him off that the only thing he can do to you is harass you. See, you don't have to beat him every day. He's done been beat. All we have to do is stand. My favorite book in the Bible is Nehemiah, the first four chapters in particular. I just... It's so amazing to watch how Sanballat, who's a type of the devil, is just, that old boy is just, he is just harassing all the time. It says that they're coming out with these plans and they're, you know, they're name calling. Neener, neener, neener. You Jews, what do you think if you restore this wall? If even a little fox runs on it, it'll fall down. And then he, then he, he sneaks in and he's like telling everyone, hey, if you keep trying to build this new building, if you guys try to move, if you guys try to build this school, don't you realize before you know it, the enemy's going to sneak in and be all around you. And pretty soon some of the Jews started listening. And they're going to Nehemiah saying, hey, we better back off. If we're not careful, they're going to infiltrate and they're going to start killing us. And Nehemiah had to stand up and get gutsy and say, shut up by your mouths. <laughs> he was Italian. He was Italian Nehemiah. Shut up of your mouths. Uh, and then he had to turn to the enemy, Sanballat. And he had to say over and over, Sanballat, you have no place in what's going on here. You have no place. You are a liar. You are the king of liars. And you have no place. And I'm going to tell you, the only time he has power is when we start agreeing with him. Come on. Ooh. Oh, you're so scary. No, no, no. He's defeated is what he is. He is defeated. He is defeated. And you and I need to, to say, I am standing on the Word of God. I am standing. I am a victor. I'm, I am a victor, not a victim. I'm an overcomer. I'm not overcome. I am the head. I am not the tail. I am going to break through. I have got a destiny. My destiny is to run the race, to win the prize. We have children to see saved. We have a nation to take back. We have, we, it is time for blazing fire and all these fellowships in this area that are going after the things of God. We got to draw a line in the dirt and say, enemy, you may have come this far, but you go no further. We are taking back what does not belong to you. We are taking back our children. We are taking back our loved ones. We are taking back our schools. We are taking back our nation. We are taking back our communities. It is our turn now. Yeah. It's our turn now. It's our turn now. We're the blood wash, sons and daughters of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It's our turn now. 
start jumping and my pants fall below the bubble. It's a really bad thing. It's scary. Some of you enjoyed that way too much. You're going to have all those things. Here's what you got to have. Get this. It's our turn now. We're going to be those overcomers. Here we come. We need strengthening from God. Strengthening time, Isaiah 40. And I love this scripture. You need to get this one down, Isaiah 40, 29, 30, 31. For he gives power to the weak. How many in here are weak? I know I am. Man, I'm going to tell you, we're moving, working on this new building. You guys have blessed us. You, you've sown into it. It's incredible. Lindy mentioned, you know, this whole thing of generosity. This fellowship is a generous fellowship. And because of that, great things have been written into your future. Great things. Raised, we started out with zero, and we've raised about 400000 Got about 150000 yet to go. It's that last 150000 that'll kill you. And I've had, I mean, the enemy, Stan Ballard. You think you're going to raise this 150? Hey, you're just a fat old man. You don't stand a chance. Well, you got me on two things, but uh, that, uh, that third thing, that, that, that third point about, because I'm not even trying to raise it. I'm believing God for, to bring it in. Believe in God. Because it says He gives strength to the weak. And I love this part. And to those who have no might, He increases their strength. To those who have no might. To those who have no might. How many want to increase strength tonight? How many think, I mean, I know I do. Lord God, right now, I'm praying for a download. So, right now, right now, right now, my children, do you not hear? Do you not hear? Do you not hear? My voice speaking even now that I am in this place and that I am here to provide. I am the provider. I am here to give as I am the giver. I am here to build as I am the builder. I am here to break through as I am your breakthrough. I am here. I have promised. And I am downloading even now new vision, new dreams, new might, new strength. And I will find that place within you with incredible weakness. And I will begin to increase your strength. I am the one that increases. And I bring to you this night, in this place, at this time, an increase of strength for you. Amen. I love Colossians 1.11. You will be strengthened with all of His glorious power. I just like saying it. All of His glorious power. All of His glorious power. I just get a little trinkle of His... Nope. Just give me a little teeny-weeny... Nope. just going to give you all. Say that. All. All of His... You know how much that is? That's a bunch. I mean, that is a whole heaping bunch. If you... I mean, we, we just get to say, Lord God, I just want all. Say All of Your glorious power. Say, I'm just not strong enough. Let me tell you, 
The fact that you're here tonight says you're strong enough. He will take what you've brought and increase it. He will. You see, it's all about His commitment. I'm just not committed enough. No, no, it's about His commitment. It's all about His strength. I'm just not strong enough. No, you don't have to be. It's His strength. His commitment to you. Here's the deal. It's all about what He can do through you. It's about Him. That's the craziest thing. Psalms 183.3, as soon as I pray, you answer me. You encourage me by giving me strength. Ephesians 3.16, I pray that from His glorious, I like this, unlimited resources, He will empower you with strength through His Spirit. We can ex- here's, here's the deal tonight. You and I can expect to be strengthened by God. I don't expect to be slapped down by God. Well, God, you know that last week when I realized how short we were on, on money still, actually, Lord, I was pissed at you. God's like, oh, that caught me off guard. Lord, I, I really had some bad feelings towards you. Can you just imagine what it sounds like when God says, duh? Anyone in here ever said bad words to God in your brain? Anyone ever actually let them come out of your mouth? The rest of you have a serious lying problem. A lot of people signing up for Sozo tonight. (laughs) Yeah, buddy. Right to Namby Pamby Land. Doesn't catch God off guard. God says, no problem. Because from His glorious, unlimited resources, He says, I'm going to empower you says, you said bad words about me? I already know that. Big deal. says, I got plans bigger than your bad words. I got a destiny for you bigger than your bad thoughts. This is my command. I mean, I, Joshua, I just love reading Joshua. Joshua 1, 9, this is my command. Be strong and courageous. It's strong and courageous time. In ourselves? No. In Him. Because of something in us? No. Because of Him in us. Be strong and courageous. We get to expect to be strengthened by God. I don't deserve it. Absolutely. I'm so thankful I should go straight to hell. Most likely. I didn't even give any money last week. To the church? Yes. That one may send you right to hell. I'm not sure. I don't I'm not sure. You, the thing's still down here. You can get down here quickly. Isn't it amazing all the stuff we throw into our minds? Well, I didn't give enough. No, duh. Well, I didn't do enough. Right. Well, I said bad things. Yep. Well, I thought bad things. Uh-huh. 
Well, I watched Oprah once too often. That'll make you go blind. You will go straight to hell for that one. And God says it makes no that all your stuff, all the dumb stuff. I mean, as dumb as that sounded, we come up with dumber stuff. We just convince ourselves. No, I thought I was Namby Pandy Land. It's time to break it off right now tonight. I am expecting to be strengthened by God tonight. It's my night to be strengthened. Doesn't all that other stuff makes no difference. It's my night to be strengthened. Come on. I'm expecting to be strengthened tonight. Strengthened in my faith. It's our turn now. Strengthened in my thinking. It's our turn now. Strengthen, 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 strengthen. Strengthen. We speak it into you. What's it going to take? Radical obedience. It's radical time. John 14, 23, Jesus said, If anyone loves me, I hate this one. I scratched it out of my Bible. If anyone loves me, he will obey. You know the identifying marker of miracle faith? Catch this. The identifying marker of miracle faith is do you mind? I'm the expert here. Bingo! Radical obedience! I mean, it's it's our night to be radically obedient. And it's like it starts tonight and goes on from there. You're going to blow it tomorrow, most likely? Does that still mean you're not radically obedient? No, because it's a supernatural thing. It begins to become a mindset. You know... You know how I know I'm radically obedient? Because of this. I'm not as bad as I used to be. I think that counts. I'm not as good a sinner as I used to be. I used to be a doggone good sinner. And I just don't sin as good as I used to. Why? Because the radical presence of the Holy Spirit starts working and changing and making and renewing and restoring and breaking through. You know what the bottom line is? It's time to stop negotiating with God. It's time to stop negotiating with God. Radical obedience results in God miracles. And we try to do this negotiating with God. All right, God. I'll be good for five days. Really, I mean, really good, God. I'll even start reading the King James Version of the Bible again. Maybe the new King James Version, but one of those. If you'll just, you know, fix my car. It's time to stop negotiating with God. And when we do, when we finally realize we're God's chosen. That it's our turn now. And that it's breakthrough time. And that it's time to step out believing. And here's the last thing. God miracles start happening. God miracles start happening.
You know, I'm tired. This is our 37th, 38th year in ministry. 148th year in ministry. Whatever it is. And uh, I'm tired of just seeing an occasional miracle. Aren't you? I'm tired of the mentality that says, hey, Benny Hinn's coming to town. We can get Aunt Matilda and take her to Benny Hinn and maybe she'll get healed. Or, or let's get real radical. Stop the tape. Bill Johnson's coming to town. No, same thing. We bless them both. Bless them both. Benny needs to do a better hair job, but other than that, bless them both. Bless them both. But here's the deal. We're not called to an occasional miracle. You and I are called to live a lifestyle of miracles. Lifestyle. Do you realize that we are citizens of the land of the always possible? We have dual citizenship. I have citizenship as as an American, but I have a citizenship in the kingdom of the always possible. Do you know that a miracle is nothing more than the always possible invading the seldom possible? I'm ready to start having that happen. It is time for the always possible to start invading the seldom possible. It is time for the always possible to invade cancer. It is time for the always possible to invade home situations. It is time for the always possible to invade children who we long ago figured would never serve the Lord again. It is time for the always possible to break in to whatever your impossible is because it is miracle time. It's our turn now and we want to see that breakthrough into the lives of everyone here. If you want the always possible breaking out of your life, stand up with me right now. Jesus, nothing is impossible with you, Lord. Nothing is impossible with you, Lord. Nothing is impossible with you, Lord. We speak it now that this is the day of the always possible. I am part of the kingdom of the always possible. All things are possible. It is time when... Heaven is invading this earth, and we get to part be part of that. Lord God, it's our turn now. It's miracle time. It's breakthrough time. It's salvation time. It's deliverance time. It is always possible time. And we speak that over this fellowship of believers, that Blazing Fire Church is a place of the always possible. Blazing Fire Church is a place of God breaking through. Blazing Fire Church is a place of radical obedience. Blazing Fire Church is a place of encounters with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Blazing Fire Church is a place of angelic visitations. This is our turn now. And we speak it over this fellowship right now. If you want tonight, if we can have our prayer team, our team and, uh, and those that were, uh, had hands laid on to come on down here, we're going to pray over you. If you want to be a part of the land of the always possible, in the most radical sense of the word, we only have a little bit of time, just a very few minutes, but 
we're just going to lay hands on you and uh, can't do any long-term prophesying here because, hey, hey, it's, hey, listen, it's shh time. That's why we got to get you in that new building because, quite frankly, I don't feel like shhing. And parents, you have to go get your children. Uh, it's not our fault you had children, so you have to go pick them up. It's just, it's just the way it is. So it's, oh, you want to do a fire tunnel? Oh, how many want a fire tunnel? Pastor, I'm turning it over to you. Oh, you're already doing it. Okay. Oh, so um, since, okay, you're already kind of coming from two directions, but we're going to do this pretty quickly, um, like not lingering, lingering, but you're going to come through. We're going to pray this, this fire again of the, of the, of the heavenly possible into your life, whatever it is you are believing God for, that's what you're coming through for, that we're agreeing with you that this is the time it's going to happen. So um, our, our group, come down this way a little bit more. They're coming through this way. Don't, don't stop in the middle. If you stop in the middle, we're going to pull you out, <laughs> out the side, so that we can keep going. Uh, Jim, on my iPod is the Father's Party uh, playlist. Do you know how to work iPod? If not, grab someone who does iPod. Okay. You too, Blaine. Go ahead, Matt. Matt. All right, so let's get some music cranking. <laughs> 